Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick. Welcome to the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out our website, fivereasonsports.com. I'll be working on a column about Dwayne Wade and Bam Adebayo that should post in the morning if I'm not too lazy to write it. Also, check out the other podcasts in our network, Three Yards Per Carry, Five Rings, Kane, Cinco Arizona, Shula Bowl, Fantasy on Five, Balls Cast, Light Skinned Opinions, and more. And also our YouTube channel. Lots of new subscribers to our YouTube channel. We had pretty much the whole Dwayne Wade ceremony on there. We'll talk about Dwayne a little in this episode, but not quite so much. I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is OneCallLegal.com. That's one. CallLegal.com, the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. They've got someone there 24 hours a day to handle any kind of case that you might get yourself involved in, whether it's traffic tickets, personal injury, immigration, or much, much more. They're based right there in North Miami, right before the Golden Glades, but they handle cases from all over the state. They're also getting to sports law now, so if you're looking for a sports agent, go say hello to our guy Joe over there at the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm, and we're going to be producing some podcasts from that office coming up soon. So it's a beautiful new office right there in the Miami Shores area, right off of I-95, like I said, right before the Golden Glades. OneCallLegal.com. Spell it out, O-N-E, calllegal.com. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here with Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. We kind of hazed him on his birthday yesterday. We'll explain this to you here in a second. But uh, we're not going to talk a lot about Dwayne Wade today. It's kind of an episode we were thinking about doing with Alf. Um, Obviously, the ceremony was tremendous. Uh, Dwayne doing that entire speech from the top of his head. I'd like to see one of the current president uh, presidential candidates do what Dwayne did last night. And he thanked just about everybody right down to, and I knew he'd do this, but right down to, you know, the people that you don't hear about, the people on the business side, the marketing side, the equipment managers. I mean, that's just who Dwayne is. Um, and again, I recommend you check it out on our YouTube channel. Also, uh, and this is part of why Alex is mad. Uh, we He held a press conference at halftime going to the third quarter of the Cavaliers game. We forgot to tell Alex to come. So Alf and I were there. Happy uh, birthday Alf, to me. Happy birthday to you. Alex was angry. I got a couple questions in, uh, including one about uh, Zaya, Dwayne's daughter. Yes, daughter. And and so all of that, again, is on our YouTube channel as well. And we'll do plenty of Dwayne stuff uh, coming up in the future. But we're not going to do so much of that today. We're also not going to do so much of that Cavaliers game because the Cavaliers suck and that organization is an embarrassment. So depressing to watch that last night. Like they so are bad. terrible to watch. So bad. Poor and Andre he, Drummond. And, right, poor Andre Drummond and poor this, the whole thing is just a disaster. Um, they're not even playing for, I mean, the many, I mean, it's just crazy. And you know, you take a look at, uh, at what, what's happened there. You know, if, if LeBron wasn't born 30 miles from Cleveland, uh, that organization probably never wins more than 25 games. It's an organization that tanked for Anthony Bennett. So we're not going to talk a lot about the Cleveland Cavaliers today. 
But we are going to talk about the Heat winning again uh, to get back on the winning track after losing, what was it, five out of six, uh, all on the road. They win again at home. They're dominant at home. Uh, they beat all the bad teams at home. Now they're going to get Cleveland on the road. No Jimmy Butler. Again, no Jimmy Butler. I'll give you a little bit more clarity on that there in a second. Uh, and then they get a Minnesota team that's playing a bunch of G League guys right now. Towns is out. Teague's been traded. Wiggins has been traded. The whole damn team's out. Uh, and so they get them on Wednesday. So this should be a little bit of a win streak. Uh, it should have been more of a win streak if they'd beaten Atlanta coming out of the break. But what Alex and I are going to focus on today is the new guys and how they fit in the rotation. And you have, I think, two very different circumstances, Alex. And Solomon Hill is another story. Those were kind of garbage minutes yesterday. He had some moments, and then he airballed a floater. Um, he's basically there to remind people, I think, that Justice Winslow used to exist because of the similarities in the way they look. Uh, but the other two guys, Iguodala and Crowder, have diverged here a little bit in the first five games. Um, so let, let me give you some on-off numbers, and this is from the NBA stats site, and I apologize to Christian Hernandez for not doing this totally correctly. But the Heat with Jay Crowder on the floor uh, have been really, really good. I mean, if you look on a per-game basis, they're basically plus five. It actually looks a little better per 100 possessions, which is what I should take a look at here. Um, but they've been a, a real plus team with Jay Crowder on the floor. Um, in fact, they're, they're plus 7.8 per 100 possessions. Um, they're really good defensively when he's out there compared to uh, when others are out there. Uh, and, of course, he's shooting the three great, and they're, they're minus 8.8 per 100 possessions, but he's not playing uh, since he's come to the team. So he's been really, really good so far this season. Iguodala's been a little bit of a flip, and you know I think some of this has to do with that minus 33. A lot of it has to do that he accumulated in one game. But overall, their numbers have not been as good with Iguodala on the floor as Jay Crowder. Is this something that you see continuing, Alex, or is this just the fact that one guy was actually playing basketball and one wasn't for seven months? Well, I think that's one way to sum it up. I think like some of this Jay Crowder stuff, first and foremost, I think is a little bit of fool's gold. And no, I don't want to be wet blanket, but at the same time, it's like, sorry, I don't believe that he's going to keep shooting 55% from three. And I think that's something that pretty much everybody knows. So I'm not here saying anything new, but at the same time, like I do think, in the same way that Crowder might regress some, which or definitely will regress some, I think Iguodala will progress to the mean in the same way because of what you just said, right? Like he hasn't played in a long time. And even though he was working out and staying in shape and 6% body fat and all of that, actually being an NBA game shape is a different story. Like uh, <laughs> he's also 36 years old, right? So if he looks slow, it's also probably got something to do with that as well. And I'm not really worried about Either way, like I think Iguodala at his best is a more impactful player. But them getting this type of production from Crowder, even if it is going to regress, if he just proves to be a, some, a reliable enough shooting and, and, and defensive threat, like I think that's fine with him, right? You don't need him to be great. You just need him to be decent in both of those aspects. And he's been more than that. So I think yeah. it's pretty – it's positive. But at the same time, like we talked about in the last show, neither of them are Justice Winslow, right? No, well, no, in terms of certain things that they do, although, I mean, let's be fair here. to Jay Just in Crowder, terms of the point of attack thing, which has become the, a problem. The, the point of attack thing defensively, right, but if we're going to talk about the way they played offensively, Justice Winslow's never had an offensive stretch like Jay Crowder's had since he's come to the Heat. I mean, I just, <laughs> right? I mean, it has, I mean, look, this well, is Well, I think last year as a starting point guard, he was, he was doing better just because of the... Yeah, uh, no, he, he was... He was the overall impact. Numbers, but, but take a look at, these are five games since he's come to the Heat, and this is uh, courtesy of... 
uh, at Simon Sperling on Twitter. He did the work for us. 16 points per game, 6.2 rebounds, 2.2 steals, 3.4 threes on 54.8%, playing 28.2 minutes with a plus 6.8 net rating. I mean, that's like borderline all-star stuff that he's been doing since he showed up. Now, now, do I anticipate that's going to continue? No. Uh, but I think it raises an interesting question with Jay going forward, and this is probably where I should drop in the Jimmy Butler news. So if, if you weren't familiar with what happened the other day, or it happened Saturday, first, Jimmy missed Dwayne's ceremony, and he was scheduled not only to be there but to participate. Um, there was like a karaoke-type segment that we knew about that he was supposed to be part of. And so Jimmy not being there kind of raised our eyebrows. Um, I was, I found out that it was basically personal reasons. I know others in the media found that out as well. And he just wasn't in the building. And then I basically got a message on Saturday morning saying it's still personal reasons, but he's likely to play tonight. So don't worry about it. And then at about two o'clock, 2.30, I got another message saying, hey, sorry about that. Circumstances have changed. He's not playing. Um, and now he's not playing Monday either because he didn't fly to Cleveland. Now, as I understand it, because uh, a lot of people have asked about this, first thing, it's not injury-related. Uh, second, which I know people are concerned about, it's not. Uh, it's not load management, so stop it. Okay, I, I got a bunch of these tweets today. It's load management. The Heat are pulling a fast one, everybody. They don't need to do that. Okay, teams are – I mean, the Clippers are load managing. They just came back from All-Star weekend. <laughs> right. It's totally ridiculous. Okay, they're not load managing Jimmy. All right. Now, I, I will say it's possible that maybe he would have played Monday, but because it's the Cavs that maybe it's not necessary. But my, it's a real issue he's dealing with. I can tell you that. What is it is none of your business. Uh, that's, that's what it is. Uh, and, and really, it's none of my business either. I have a general idea of what it's not. Um, I have said this because I know people are legitimately concerned about this, and I appreciate that concern. It doesn't have anything to do with his child, from what I've been told. Uh, other than that, I don't really want to speak to it, and I don't have the whole story. I know, I know bits and pieces of it. I expect him to be back relatively soon. I was told again that he likely would play Monday, but not to count on it, and so not to report it that way. I didn't, and he's not playing Monday. We'll see if he plays Wednesday against his old team, Minnesota, but nobody played with him. Minnesota is still there anyway, so I don't even know that it matters to him. All right, so what does that have to do with Jay Crowder? Well, Crowder is getting more minutes now with Jimmy out. There's more minutes for Iguodala with Jimmy out. And I think we have to take a serious look at Jay Crowder and say, is this uh, like we looked at him as some people looked at him as a throw in. I said, he, I said, Alex, he was not the throw in. He'd have had eyes on Jay Crowder for more than a year, but he was considered to be the second piece here. And I think you can make a case and he doesn't even have to be shooting 54% from three that he may be a more valuable player to the heat this season than Iguodala is, uh, even though they gave Iguodala the extension for next year, simply because I think there are things that Jay can still do that I don't know that Iggy can do at his age. I think Jay can still be a, a credible rebounder. I don't know that that's what Iguodala is at this stage. Um, I, I think also offensively that Jay can create a little bit more than Iguodala can. And Jay is shooting a better percentage for three right now. Iggy's always been uh, kind of a – I wouldn't say a clutch three-point shooter, but he has made timely threes over the course of his career, particularly when wide open, playing with you know two of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. But he's not a great three-point shooter, but Jay has obviously been a great three-point shooter. He's been there. I think you can make a reasonable case, Alex, that Jay is going to give them more this season than Andre, um, even if Andre gets his body in the kind of condition, and he looks great, but just the kind of condition that he's typically played in. 
Yeah, I think it's a like you could definitely make a case for that, right? Especially with the way that Crowder has looked so far. Where yes, he he is shooting an unreasonable amount from three, but he's getting layups every game, and like you said, he's you know making hustle plays, getting rebounds, grabbing steals. I think a lot of that has to do with him being younger, him being in the middle of his season, and him being and like I said, it's just a great role for him because he's not relied on to be their best anything. He's just another guy. They just brought him in to be a backup who can play starter minutes. You know, again, he's not being relied on to be their best defender or their best shooter. And I think it's a perfect role for him. And I, I love what he's given them so far, right? I think, it, again, I, I would still think Iguodala will be a little bit better uh, whenever he finally, like, starts to look for his shot. Because that's, mm-hmm. really, that's the big difference that I've really seen between them two is that Crowder is more, like, willing to go look for a shot, uh, whether it's there. Not like he'll, he'll try and, and, and make a layup out of something if the three isn't there. Like, I feel like Iguodala is more pass-heavy right now. And I want to see what it looks like when Iguodala is focused in the playoffs. I think that's when we can really evaluate it because I think Iguodala is definitely looking at it as like, all right, let me get, we're going to get in a couple months now of me playing. The team is going for a high seed. I'm going to be, you know, doing what it takes to win. But I want to see what it looks like in the playoffs because I think that's when it's going to really differentiate who's the better player there. But yeah, you can, Crowder has absolutely been the better player so far. Like there's almost so no way to deny it. But I think it's sustainable in their system. I, I and I, I this may be surprising even the Heat that that he's fit quite this well. I mean, the other thing is without Myers Leonard and with Bam playing so much five, they really do need a, a small ball four, and that's not really a Guadala uh, even at this stage. So I mean, it's really more Crowder. And so I just think because of the circumstances too, not just the fact that he's in better shape right now. And and again, Iguodala looks great. So it's not that he's in bad shape. It's just that he hasn't been playing basketball. But I think it's also just fit with this particular group. Now, talking to Myers Leonard last night in the locker room, I don't get the sense he's coming back anytime soon. Um, I asked what he's been doing. He says basically just watching games and rehabbing the ankle. Um, it, it does not look like he's a week away. I mean, it looks like it's going to be longer. And if that's the case, then you do need more of a small ball four to play in there. Um, I didn't think Silva's minutes were particularly good last night. I, I don't know that you're at a point with him that you can really trust he should, him. He should not be playing anymore, man. I'm sorry. Like. I, he's been he's been bad. I, I don't know. I don't know what's really happened. I, I feel like they they had channeled his energy in a really positive way. Um, I, I think teams have figured him out, but I don't know that there was that one hundred percent out. But, but, I, I what think, was, but what was there to figure out though? That's what I don't understand. Like. like I don't know. I don't know if it's that there is a lot to figure out. I think it has a lot more to do with just knowing who he is and knowing, like, I think we've already pounced on this a lot where, you know, I, I think he's a terrible offensive rebounder. If I remember correct, I'm, I'm, my mind is a little bit clouded right now, but he's, uh, you know, I think he's a bad offensive rebounder His defensive numbers on the floor are bad. And I think teams have just kind of figured out he's not that good. Go at him. Uh, and I don't even really, like, I really don't want to sound harsh on Silva. He was putting in productive minutes at the beginning of the season. Nobody thought he would play a minute this season. Right. I, you know, like, when I was watching in my summer league, I, w- I was looking at him being like, okay, there's another guy that they're going to throw in their, on their G League team. That's cool. He, he plays a lot of energy. But I never thought he would play for this team. So the fact that he was even productive for as, as much as he was, the fact that they've been able to throw him as a third as a third-string guy, like, that's good. He's ahead of time. Throw him back into the G League because this team is trying to fight for seeding. And I think at this, to- at this point, it's time to, you know, it's time for Kelly Olynyk to step up. Well, it's time for Olynyk, but I'll ask this question. Uh, is it crazy? I mean, I know they need bigs because they don't have Leonard. Uh, but they also need, like I said, small ball fours. Is it crazy to think 
that maybe Acapala could be giving them more than Silva right now. Yeah, I think not crazy, like because uh, I think Acapala would give you more than Silva, but I think neither of them should be playing if you're really trying to fight for right. seating. And we know they are. I think like you gave Kelly all this money. We've seen him be a good player next to Bam and without Bam. And if you just keep him in that starting lineup next to Bam, where he doesn't have to have any of the pressure that he does uh, being the back of five, I think like he if he doesn't pr- produce in that role, yeah, then I just don't know what to do with him. Besides, you know, he's just going to stay there until the contract. I, I don't. All right, I don't. I don't know that they know what to do with him either. And there's only one more year. I but but it's I, on him. It's on him. One hundred. It is on him. But I was a little surprised. Like I was a little bit surprised. That they, I, I was a little surprised they put him in the starting line. Well, he has to play good because yeah, if you, like I said, otherwise you're gonna have to play Silva. Uh, and you just don't have options there. And, and and even last night, I mean, they played UD, and he had five rebounds in ten minutes, but missed five shots. And of course, it was great that Dwayne was on the broadcast as that was going on. So Dwayne, I don't hate that idea game. though. That Casey Akpala idea, it's kind of well. The Akpala idea is out of the box. I I, I don't know if they want to. You know, it's interesting with him. Uh, they've they've babied him a little bit, um, and I I understand why. Uh, you know, part of it is if you remember because of the stupid NBA rule where he couldn't officially be traded until the 6th of July, if you recall. Like, Summer League had already started. So they couldn't – he couldn't – and so then he was – there was a day I was out there. You, you and I were both out there. But there was a day that he was supposed to be ready to go, and then they decided he wasn't. And so he's just been behind the eight ball all year. And then it's like he got off – then he had, he had the Achilles injury, and then he got – and we saw it with none the effect that that can have, right, because none looks great all of a sudden. It's like he had the extra week and he looks fine. Um, but he struggled early a lot. And then he, the numbers have started to come on. But it's like they don't want to force feed him too much. I also kind of think with him, like, I, I don't know. I, I just I get the sense that they don't really want the rest of the league to be as in on him yet. Uh, I, I, like, I feel like they're hiding him a little bit. So I don't, I don't know that he's an answer. But I'm just saying, watching Silva lately, it's becoming pretty clear he's not. Uh, yeah. he, needs, he needs another year in their program and to kind of see if there's more that they can bring out. I love his story. I love his attitude. His teammates seem to really like him, but he's not giving him much on the floor. I, one more thing I want to get to here, and then after the break, I want to touch on the future of Jay Crowder and some of these guys because I think that's an interesting place to go. The other guy who's out, I saw him in the locker room yesterday. He's moving around okay as Tyler Hero. He was on the court a little bit getting some work. Um, we, as I mentioned, Kendrick Nunn, uh, has looked great the past couple games. Like, I, I feel like he's passed. I, I felt he was passed it in the Rising Stars game, uh, but he looks like he's totally passed it now, and now it's just a question of getting his game back where it was before completely. But with Hero, how do you see him plugging back in? It, it just goes right next to Goran Dragic as the backup, too, because if that's the case, again, they've got one wing too many, right? Like, once, once Myers is back, okay, if you put Myers in the starting lineup and Kelly's going to be your second string five, then you really have three guys for two positions, Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, and Derek Jones Jr. Yep. Because you've got Hero and Dragic. So does Hero, I guess my question is, they, you've seen they've needed Hero, particularly when Bam and Jimmy are not playing uh, or not on the court at the same time. Who do you go, does Hero get his regular minutes back? Yeah, I think absolutely he should. I've always been of the mind that, you know, uh, they should be giving these reps to Hero while he's got them, right? Even if they are trying to catch seating, like, he should be getting a lot of shots. He should be getting a lot of minutes. I think he's that good of a prospect. We've said that he's a better prospect than none all season. I think that a lot of that has to do with him being five years younger than Kendrick Nunn. 
But I do think Hero's going to plug right back in just fine, honestly, especially with the new guys that he's going to be playing alongside in that bench unit that'll help him, you know, that'll cover for him on de- on defense at least a little bit. Uh, but it is a problem, right? Like, they have kind of a weird rotation again. Like, Kelly and Silva figure to be the 11th and 12 guys. But at the same time, like you said, if you're starting Myers, you don't have a back of five. I think the obvious answer there is basically staggering. But at the same time, it's like, is that the answer you want? You want to play Myers as your back of five after starting him? That's not really what you've been doing all season. Right. So they're going to have to do some creative staggering because I don't think you can take any of the three guys you mentioned at those backup uh, forward spots out of the rotation or even minimizing their minutes. I think all three of those guys should be getting the same amount of minutes they've been getting this whole time. But can they, right? Because, okay, and no Jimmy and no Myers and no Hero. So you start to throw these three guys back in the mix. Can they because... I don't know. Like I said, I don't know that they expected Jay to be quite this good. And, and obviously, you know, for Andre, I mean, giving Andre the, the year next year shows that they expected performance. Okay. Like, this is not just, we wanted to get rid of the waiters money. You want to get rid of the JJ money. Um, you know, justice didn't really want to be here anymore. All, all three of those things we've established, but it wasn't just that because when you give Iguodala the extra year, it's because you're targeting him. Like you, you see him as a viable player for you. And even though, as I said, Jay Crowder was also a viable player. I, I don't know necessarily that it was Jay Crowder one and Andre Iguodala two, if anything, maybe one, one a in terms of their targets, I think one way or the other, uh, even though we made a bigger deal out of Iguodala, but he's going to play. Right, he's gonna play. Like Spolstra's gonna trust. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you wanna treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Him in certain situations that he doesn't trust other players. To me, the guy who gets squeezed here because of the way Jay's played is DJJ. Like I like I think that's where we're headed. And at the end of this, yeah, I really don't like that. I, I don't either, but I think that's where we're headed. And at the end of this episode, or somewhere in the middle. We're going to try to play you the clip from DJJ about the dunk contest yesterday because uh, I got a chance to get him alone yesterday, and, uh, and he was pretty interesting. But I, I think he that gets was squeezed. fantastic. It was great stuff, and so I'm going to, I'm going to ship it to you, and, and hopefully we can, we can hear it. I think I was close enough this time. I'm bad with microphones, as people know. But um, I, I think he gets squeezed somewhat, particularly if they're playing less zone. You see, it, I think that's such a weird idea to me, and I, of course I understand the logic you're using there just because of this conundrum that we're talking about. But Derrick Jones Jr. has been their only viable point of attack defender other than Jimmy Butler, who, as we discussed before, you know, shouldn't really be placed at that position in, a, in any, anything close to a full-time manner because of just how much they rely on him already on defense and just how much they rely on him to be, you know, the main creator on offense because everything is built around him on offense, right? Like, we, they have other guys who can do stuff, 
But at the same time, it runs around Jimmy and Bam. And I don't think he needs more pressure on defense, especially not in the regular season when, you know, we want him geared up and 100% for the playoffs. I think Derrick Jones Jr. needs to take a heavier role on point of attack, which is why I think Spo is going to have to really get to some creative lineups now, which is why I was excited to see some of this tinkering because, like, taking Derrick Jones Jr. out of the rotation just seems so counterintuitive to me right now, given the problems that we know they have with point of attack defense. And I think they're going to have to try to see if they can get to some weird lineups, like four-wing lineups, and then just hope that they can get enough shooting out of it. Because yeah. really, their defense has been the problem. And I think taking away an extra defender, not to mention the point-of-attack defense stuff, which means you're probably also adding another bad defender to the lineup in whatever lineups those are. Like, I think that's probably the opposite way this should go right now. No, agreed. And if Jay Carter keeps shooting like this, they will get some spacing. But you, his teams still really aren't playing Jay out there. So it's like you're making the threes and you certainly take them, but it's not really affecting the rest of the defense. We talk all the time about Duncan Robinson and gravity, right? Like the gravity that he brings, he tilts the floor in the, in the same in similar ways to the way Steph Curry tilted the floor, or Ray Allen tilted the floor. Uh, Jay Crowder is not going to tilt the floor. They're going to keep leaving Jay Crowder open. And so I, I just – I wonder, although they may close out on him more if he's playing with three wings who don't shoot – and and so then his shooting percentage is going to start going down. So but again, it's like it's the same it's the same conundrum, right? It's trying to figure out what the lineups the are. Right. Well, you play the offense or you play the defense, and and that and that's why I was curious to see how Kendrick Nunn would come back because I thought that Kendrick could get squeezed a little bit, but if Kendrick's playing like this, he won't be. I mean, he's going to no. play. And, no, they and, they, and like they rely said, on him too much already as it is in that starting lineup. Like I think right. that lineup is a unit of its own, which becomes a problem because of this. You know, you got three wings off the bench along with two guards who absolutely need to be playing with right. Boron and Hero. Right. So, yeah, it's and, like and, how and you gonna, gonna play just because you need a big. I mean, so it's not, it's not like Olenek necessarily has deserved it the way he's played this year. But so, what do you think happens then when, when whenever Myers is back and the team is healthy again? How do you think the rotation? I, I think ends they go back to their starting lineup, and I think DJJ gets squeezed. That's my guess. Oh man, that's my guess. They didn't they didn't acquire Crowder and Iguodala to sit, I, 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 right? And especially the way Crowder's played, I, I just I think when it comes down to it, if you're Eric Spolstra, we're gonna go to break here in a second. But if you're Eric Spolstra, and you're gonna have a choice at the end of a critical game between Andre Iguodala or Derek Jones Jr., you're gonna pick Andre Iguodala. You've seen it. He won, he's, won, he's won finals MVP. Like, he may not be the same guy, but this is the same organization that had Gary Payton playing heavy minutes in the finals at 37. He made a huge shot. It's the same organization that would bring in guys at the end of their career like an Otis Thorpe. Okay, I mean, they, they, they've, there's, there's a long list of Heat players that you're like, oh, I forgot he played for the Heat. Because, because it was like... Penny Hardaway? Penny, well, Penny was on a horrible team, right? Danny Granger. <laughs> By the way, but, but they're, right, there's a lot of those guys. But there's, there's also guys that they brought into these teams at the end, um, you know, that there was just a trust level. I mean, Shane was a supersized role player, you know, and obviously Ray is a Hall of Famer. But they did, they've done it with other guys to try to squeeze something else out of them. And they're going to, they gave Iguodala the year. And that's what we're going to talk about here in a second. But before we do, I'll tell you about a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, Savani Men's Custom Clothier. I was wearing the clothes there last night, as I typically do these days. I got to get to the dry cleaner more often or get more clothes from Blanca. Maybe I'll do that. And obviously, if we get more clients from Blanca, I'll get more clothes from Blanca. If it's frustrating to shop for dress clothes, you can never seem to find the right fit, color, or style. You feel like you never know what to wear or how to wear it. You got a wedding, a special event, NBA finals game. 
or just something else that you want to go to, you've got to go see Blanco over at Cervani Men's Custom Clothier. That's Cervani Men's Custom Clothier. The keyword is custom. It's in South Miami, her private showroom located right across from Sunset Place on Red Road. Cervani has been designing fine custom-made clothing in South Miami for over 30 years. Your custom-made suits, pants, shirts, and shoes will fit you just the way you like. So schedule a private consultation with Blanca to start looking your best and get the benefit of a female's perspective on men's fashion. Here's the phone number, 305-310-2085. That's right, 305-310-2085. Nothing fits like custom-tailored clothes. Stop buying off the rack. All right, a couple minutes for this, and then we're going to play that Derek Jones Jr. clip from yesterday about the dunk contest, which I thought was, was great sound. Uh, Jay Crowder going forward right? We've talked about the heat clearing money. So they've got roughly 20 million in cap space for next year. Things are going to be a little different because of that whole China thing. Well, isn't it closer to like 27 million or something? It it might be, but it might end up shrinking back. I don't know how that's going to play out. Have they, they haven't determined the league year number. They won't do it until the end of the year. Right. So I don't know how the whole China thing is going to affect it. There's projections. It's going to be lower, but anyway, it's in the twenties. So they're going to, they're, they're roughly, I believe fourth, in available cap for this upcoming season, um, this upcoming off season. And that's in addition to obviously not wanting to go past 2021 where they're going to have more cap space and where the real players are. Um, but we, we've had conversations all year about what do you do with some of your existing guys, Goran Dragic, uh, you know, Derek Jones Jr. is restricted, uh, Goran Dragic, who you can sign over the cap for one year, uh, and Myers Leonard is going to be a free agent, and now Jay Crowder. Uh, I'm looking at Jay Crowder's numbers, and I mentioned he's playing on like a borderline all-star level since he got to the Heat. I'm not expecting it to be sustained, and I think the league knows what he is and what he isn't at this point. But is this a player that you're going to want to keep? And this is the tough question for you, Alex. Is this a player that you keep? And remember, it's not just a salary cap and those rules, but it's luxury tax too that you don't want to get yourself into. Is this a player that you would keep over Goran Dragic? Derek Jones Jr. or Myers Leonard, if, if there's a finite amount of money. And I know Andy's the best at making it all fit, but it runs out at some point. Is he a player that he's that proven through five games that you want to keep over those players? I like the way you pose it because it might get a little bit tricky trying to keep them all this summer. But, uh, yeah, I think you could definitely make a case that, that you should uh, maybe keep them over the other guys just because of their this specific team and their issues we know the defensive warts. And again, he's not going to be the guy who fixes everything, but you don't want to get rid of defensive guys in favor of offensive guys. As much as I do love Goran, I, I want, I want Goran to be here until he retires. No doubt about it. But uh, if they can't fit, if they have around 25 or a little bit more uh, million to spend this year, I think the best way, the best thing they could do with it, if they don't land somebody of a higher caliber is trying to re-sign them all under the cap. I don't know if that's possible because we don't know what Goron wants, right? Because they're going to try to get everybody for short-term deals, I imagine, unless maybe Derek Jones Jr., just because he's young, you can probably get him at a smaller number for four years. But I don't, I don't know the market. You could, you, maybe if you can get all of these guys for small numbers for, for, you know, two or three years. You get what I'm saying? So I think it depends on how much money they have this season. But at the same time, it's like I would really try to keep – the four of them. I think you need a, a, as much depth as you can to at least have them be tradable. And we're almost kind of back in this same scenario we're in in summer 2017. We're saying 
you know, don't let these guys walk. They're good players. Have them there. But, as, as but, 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 but the mistake then was not the money as much as it was the years, right? Yes, like, exactly. Like, 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 like that, that's the issue. Like, it's, is, is, do you end up giving them years? They're not going to give anybody – they're not going to give anybody years. They, they wouldn't do it for Gallinari because they were afraid of they, – they, they were afraid with Gallinari that, that you would end up in a situation where they wouldn't be able to dump him. Uh, and that's Gallinari. That's a guy who's, again, been in borderline all-star. And they were like, well, what if he gets hurt? We don't want to be in the same situation we were with some of these previous guys where we couldn't get rid of them. Uh, so if they're worried about that, they're not giving Jay Crowder <coughs> past 2021. They already decided that you know, they gave Iguodala to 2021. They're, they're not going to give Myers Leonard past 2021. They're not going to give Derek Jones Jr. So they're going to try they, to they're basically What you're telling me is that they don't want to take any type of risk at all with 2021, even though no. it is entirely fathomable that – any of the aforementioned guys will be tradable because they're going to be on such short deals and also they don't probably decent numbers. Um, they and the same thing with Gallinari, to... right? Like, we think that Gallinari yes. will be tradable. So you're telling me it's a philosophy thing at this point where, like, yes. you fully expect them to sign, you know, to try to get these guys for one-year deals and nothing more. Yes, because they, they – right, exactly. Or one year and a team option, but they're not going to do the player option thing again. They're just not. Like, and, and they, they know they have the best cap guy in the business, but – Look how difficult it was. Look at all the maneuvering that had to be done it's, to make these things work. It's but did, uh, this trade that they did though gives them a lot of flexibility in that aspect. Not only because of the summer, but also because now next summer their money ballooned even more. They're going to have right. supposedly over fifty million uh, summer twenty twenty one, which gives you more than enough for you know a full max type of player like Giannis or whoever else it might be. Well, and, I think the only the only exception to this rule that I'm giving you is if a Beal or it's not going to happen with Giannis, but if a if a if a Beal uh one is traded before then, then they'll go past 2021 for Bradley Beal. But I'm talking I'm sure. talking about they, they're not going past you know Jay Crowder the role is right Jay right Jay Crowder is is basically James Johnson okay they're, you know except with a little better track record. So it's like he's he's 29 right now. Um, I don't know if he's turned 30 yet, but I mean he's already played for Dallas, Boston, Cleveland. I forgot I forgot the Utah the beginning of the Utah stint, but Dallas, Boston, Cleveland, Utah. He was bad in Cleveland. Uh, Utah, Memphis, and Miami. So I mean you're already talking what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams. Uh, that he's uh, six teams, excuse me, that he's played for already. Uh, that's no, what happens but, when you sign a when you sign a team friendly contract. <laughs> you get right, traded. And you get traded. Well, because because he look, he's a movable player because he's a plug and play player, right? He's not. He's not. You put him on any guy. team. Put him on any team, and he's going to fit. He'll fit some places better than others. I mean, but even looking right now, like what he was shooting in Memphis before he got to Miami was thirty seven percent and twenty nine percent from three. I mean, he's at fifty six percent, fifty five percent Miami. It's not going to last. But but look, I mean, his career he's a forty two percent shooter, thirty four percent from three, nine and a half points, four rebounds, assist and a half. He's a role player. He's a very good role player. But they've learned their lesson as far as uh, as far as where you go with it because you know you don't want it to be in the James Johnson situation. James Johnson was a, was better than a, a, just a role player for about four months, but it was the only four month. Period. Now, Jay Crowder has been better as a role guy for longer. Um, I don't know if he's had a peak like James Johnson at that point, maybe with Boston one of those years. But but that's it. Okay, so I don't think they'll go beyond it. But I do think that he's moved himself into the conversation now, whereas I don't know when they traded for him that they were sure that he was a guy they were going to want to keep. But I think now this gives them flexibility to either move these guys or let them go. I think Dragic... Dragic is an interesting one to me, and we'll devote more time to him another time. He provides something they really, really need. Uh, but then also the defensive, 
deficiencies. Also, he hasn't been strong with the ball lately. Um, I, I'm just wondering if it's as much a slam dunk that they're going to hotly pursue keeping him as I thought. Uh, I, I thought they would give him the, you know, the sizable one-year deal and then get him to agree to something more team-friendly for something like two years after that to finish it out. But I'm not sure. Remember, he was almost traded already, so they were ready to move on from him. Okay. I'm not entirely sure. And, and also, Hero's so going to need think more it's minutes. Possible, you don't think it's possible that they get – that they keep all four then given this, you know, the stipulations that you're talking about where they're only getting one year deals, you know, maybe we see the heat offer some type of thing like one year plus with a team option on the second year, just in case they, they, they strike out of free agency. They want to keep some of the role players on. Right but, t- right. but a team option doesn't do anything for the player. Right. So it's, so it's like, I mean, James Johnson got the, what the fourth year player option. It doesn't do anything for the player. So, yeah. if, it, it, so it's not an incentive. The agents are not going to buy that. I mean, again, some of it depends on who else you can have fill a guy's role. Now, right now on the roster, they don't have anybody to fill Myers Leonard's role, but they probably feel they could find it. What, you, uh, what about Kelly know, Olenek? <laughs> they don't have anybody who could fill Myers Leonard's role. I think that's been proven. Okay, and then and then you look at, now now Dragic Hero can soak up a lot of those minutes, particularly if he becomes a better ball handler. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., if Akpala, if they like Akpala's progress, he could soak up some of those minutes. And they do have Iguodala coming back. Um, I was, if I was to say right now, and I guess the money plays into this, you can't take the money out, but we should at least, let's try to take the money out. If you were just to say who they would want to keep, want to keep in order, uh, it's a tough thing to decide. I would have said before Dragic was one, I'm not sure. Um, and, of course, DJJ's age plays into it. Uh, how would you order it? We'll finish here, and then we'll go to the DJJ. Uh, man, this is tough. I was take, take, out how much, take out how much money you're going to give them, because I, I know that's hard, but we don't know okay. what the numbers are going to be. So this scenario is basically what? Keep two out of four, no matter the money? No, just, just say, say no matter the money. If you were to say of these four guys, Leonard, Dragic, DJJ, and Jay Crowder, because Iguodala's already signed, Take take a look at those four guys and say rank them. Rank them. How important they not not how good players they are, but how important they are to the Heat. Oh my God, this is really tough, man. And if you're ch- trying to I might pull really, this. if you're trying to really consider everything and not just how good they are right now, I think there's almost no way you can put Goron over Derrick Jones Jr., which sounds insane because Derrick Jones Jr. really isn't like that type of a plus positive player yet. But at the same mm-hmm. time, because of the age. And because of how good he's been for you defensively, and, and, and there's obvious ways where he could get better, I think, where he's still kind of raw, I think, like, I would, I would take that gamble and just try to even get him for, like, a very small number for three years if that's even possible. Or even I, if you have to give him a one-year deal. Uh, like, I would rather give him – okay, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm thinking this through. But I'm telling, you to, I'm telling you to take out the money. I don't know whether or not we should take out the age, too. I mean, if you're going to talk about age – No, you can't take out the that, age. Though. Well, okay, well, if that's the case, then DJJ is probably one, right? But like, Well, I don't know. It's still not even that sure of a thing because Goran has been so good for them. But it's just because of the defensive issues that we talk about that it's hard to put Goran over Crowder and DJJ, even though Goran is probably the better player. Out of out of the whole group. So who there. is you, so so Leonard and Crowder? If we're to say they're three four, who's three and who's four? What do you mean? If Leonard and Crowder terms, are they? In other words, if you're ranking them in terms of oh, if they're three and four team, in the ranking, importance to this team. Okay. Ah oh, man, I honestly you could you can make a case for Crowder at one too, just because he doesn't require anything. You know, he, he doesn't require touches. You you don't really need him. 
you don't have to gamble on him to be better. I think it's really hard to choose out of those three, man. <laughs> so I'm like trying to think question. through it live, but it's very yeah, tough. Yeah, it, it's an interesting question. And I know people are going to say, well, you have to consider the money. You have to consider the fact that there are, you know, two of the guys you could sign over the cat or at least. Crowder's only 29. <laughs> right. He'd be 30 this year. Yeah. I, but like it's, it's, you have to consider the age. I get all that. I'm just, I'm just looking at importance to this team. And that might be the way I pull it. If you don't talk about money, you don't talk about age. Who is of these four guys right now? Who's the one you can least afford to lose? I think if you pose it that way, most people would probably say Goron. Um, if you start uh, to fa- if you well, I, well, the defense. I would I, I would say the opposite. The opposite. I think like they can most afford to lose him just because they have, uh, you know, their offense goes around Jimmy. I think Hero and Nunn do a very good job replicating what you know the kind of impact that Goron. But they've has. been out of particularly some road games. They would have been blown out of if Goron doesn't come in and change. <laughs> Change the dynamic. So I, I don't, I mean, he, he's been one of their better players on the road this year. I, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. I'll, I'll pose it. All right. We got one more thing to give you before we go. Derek Jones Jr. had a couple of minutes with him afterwards. There was a reporter who was kind of asking about the slam dunk contest. So Alex and I lurked and I asked some questions and I will say this. So somebody said this on Twitter. Derek Jones Jr. is one of the most confident sauce spoken people you'll ever see or ever encounter. So 100%. What are so we'll do. I mean, you don't think he's boasting, but he's boasting. Um, and it's pretty cool stuff. Um, we're working on getting a heat player on the pod too. We'll let you know uh, who that is. We'll have to speak nicely of that player. Talk to you soon. Next season, when we go back, I'm going to be there. Like, so y'all going to have to see me again, like, regardless. If I'm healthy, y'all going to have to see me again. So any court in Miami right now, anybody wants to challenge you? I don't care, we can do it. Like, I'm 23 years old. I got legs. I can jump. I'm not, it's not what I'm worried about. Were you surprised at all, though, at all the attention it got? I mean, you, you've been a guy who's been a little under the radar yeah. since you've been here, and all of a sudden, like, you were the face of all Start weekend <laughs> for about 48 hours. Yeah, I, I wasn't surprised because I mean, from the get go, I knew him jumping over Taco was going to be something big. Uh, and, you know, Taco is like arguably one of the biggest fan favorite players in the league right now. So, him bringing Taco out, I knew that they was going to get the crowd. And, him almost clearing them, I knew that was going to get the crowd. But I told him if he would have cleared them without touching them, but I'd have gave him a trophy even if they gave him a forty-seven. Because bro, you cleared a seven-five dude, bro. If you would have did that, I'd have gave you the trophy out my own hands. But he landed on his neck. I can't give you that. <laughs> y'all gave me a forty-seven for jumping over Bam and Windmill, and y'all give him a forty-eight for jumping over Taco and landing on his neck. That don't make no sense to me. Did you? I heard you say. You had more dunks planned. How many dunks did you have in the bag? If that kept going all night, how many? 12, 13. 12 or 13. Yeah. And it's all different. Like, everybody was saying that was all between the legs, but the the degree of difficulty on that, I would like to see half the people in my comments try it. I mean, even on the nine foot rim, I would love to see you try it. It's impossible, half the stuff we do out there. It's like, and for people to, to try to downgrade us for Dwayne made the joke yesterday that he shouldn't be seen <laughs> with you. Yeah. Did, did you share any more moments with Dwayne over I the past? Nah, I told him I should have brought the trophy with me <laughs> and, and gave it to him on stage. Just to, you know, just to, just to bring up a little bit of controversy. So, I knew everybody was, everybody was going to say something if I did that. 
Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Fire Regional Sports Network. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.